0: XYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Six days after a 100 foot chunk of I 95 collapsed from an oil tanker fire, President Biden was in Philadelphia to check out the scene. But before his helicopter flyover, he got a debrief from top local and state officials inside an airplane hangar at Philadelphia International Airport. Then he made some remarks. And the people of Philadelphia, I want to say that
1: we're with you, we're going to stay with you, and this will be was until it's totally finished. We're going to try to do that in as the time as possible.
0: As he spoke, there was a traditional arrangement of flags behind him, nothing out of the ordinary, just two American flags side by side with another pair of flags, both of them the official flag of the President of the United States. It's a flag you would probably recognize if you saw it. The coat of arms of the president is in the middle, on top of a navy blue background.
1: We're going to get this done, God willing, in record time. I'm looking forward
0: to hearing more from the folks on the ground. In the, moment. the presidential flag might not be as eye-catching as the stars and stripes, but it still holds a prominent place in American heraldry. It goes where the president goes, to press conferences, state visits, other functions, both public and private. And you know what? These flags, so... Intricately and carefully sewn and stitched, just so happened to be made a stone's throw away from where the president himself was when he toured the spot where I-95 collapsed. That's right, a straight shot west from the
2: Cotman Avenue exit of 95 at the Naval Support Activity Base in the Northeast. So we have a very special mission. We're the only team in the world authorized to make the president and vice presidential flags.
0: How cool is that? The only shop in the world that has the clearance and authority to make presidential and vice presidential flags is right here in Philadelphia, in the great Northeast.
3: Very proud. Yes. It's very surreal, I think, is the best way to explain it.
1: There's pride in it, and I think that it's a good thing in this type of world to have a job like that.
0: Work that's predominantly done by women and minority women at that. But get this. Since the first presidential flag was created for Chester Arthur, in 1883, no president has ever visited his
2: flag makers in Philly. This would be the ultimate gesture and recognition of this team. I couldn't imagine anything that would mean really more to this team. This is The John Cast,
0: a podcast about interesting and unexpected stories from Philadelphia. I'm Brian Seltzer. In our previous episode, part one of our three-part Philly Flags miniseries, which you can go back and check out if you haven't already, We took a look at why the legend of Betsy Ross is still so relevant to this day, even if there are questions about whether or not she actually made the first American flag. This week in part two, we continue to explore why Philadelphia could very well be the greatest flag city in America and meet some of the artists who meticulously and anonymously create some of the United States' most prominent flags. How often have you heard about that project or an achievement that required a massive amount of skill, talent, and labor, but the people behind the scenes never got even close to the same amount of love as the finished product did? This is a story that gives shine to people doing this type of work, who find purpose and pride in what they do, regardless of recognition.
2: My name's Adam Wallstrom. I'm the flag room supervisor here at DLA Troop Support Philadelphia. I've been doing machine embroidery for over 12 years now. I've been with Defense Logistics Agency for about four years, and uh, one year in this position.
0: When I first met Adam, my first impression of him was, this isn't the type of guy I'd expect to find at some place called the Defense Logistics Agency. No, the vibes I got from him were definitely more Fishtown creative than federal government military base employee.
2: We consider all of ourselves, you know, world-class artists. (laughs) So these are artists, uh, hand embroidery artists. is perfectly acceptable to describe what they do. There's 13 people on the
0: team in the DLA flag room. All of them but Adam are women. And over three-quarters of that group emigrated to the United States from foreign countries. The embroidery trade has been part of Philadelphia's DNA and specifically its military history, For centuries.
2: We've been making flags for over 150 years in Philadelphia. But really, the organization, uh, the Schuylkill Arsenal, was founded in 1799. And that's where the first textile artists in Philadelphia were requested to help support the forming government, outfit the military, expeditions, including Lewis and Clark missions, and start creating flags for the newly forming government. At least for someone like
0: myself, when I think of military operations my mind immediately goes to combat in the field of battle. You don't always think of
2: the infrastructure that's required to support the whole thing. Oh, very much. DLA is is very much the behind-the-scenes workers that are really making all this happen every day. When it comes to flag-making for the military in particular, what it is is a nonverbal form of communication, right? So in the field, things have to be perfectly legible from a distance, up close, and we cannot confuse this language because that could equate to a major failure out in the battlefield. So this is something that the standards are something that do not have any uh, flexibility for error with.
0: When Adam walks me through the double doors that lead into the flag room, I get a nice greeting from the women in the room.
2: Wow. Well, on behalf of the Betsy Rosses of the 21st century, welcome. (laughs) To the DLA Troop Support Flag Room.
0: Cool. This uh, is awesome. Everyone's got their own workstation. The first thing that jumps out at me is the atmosphere, the vibes. Almost dead silent, very businesslike. Clearly, no one was f-ing around. Everyone was professionally dressed, which to me was a sign of how much pride and respect they have for the work that they were doing. And I got it. The work being done inside the Flag Room is serious, it takes concentration, it's prestigious. The flag room produces about 350 flags a year for the president, vice president, military, and other government agencies. The first area of the flag room that Adam shows me, to the left when you first walk in, is the hand embroidery area. Eight of the 13 members in the flag room occupy this space.
2: What this team is doing here primarily is focused on the presidential flags, uh, but we are ready to support the military in whatever capacity we need. So that means customization for Army battalions, brigades, Air Force wing flags, University ROTC flags, uh, pretty much anything that MILSPEC authorized we're able to produce.
0: When Adam says mil-spec, he's talking about military specifications. So the hand-embroiderers are in the front left part of the flag room, and then over to the right, along the front wall lined up in this real big brand display are the signature exports of the flag room, some of
2: the flags themselves. So this is one of our favorite displays. Right up front, we have our president and vice presidential flags. Uh, So this is something I love to talk about right out of the gate. um, because This is the most stunning piece of artwork that we do. This design for the president, the dark blue flag uh, was...
0: Adam goes on to describe what the presidential flag looks like. There's a navy blue background, a bald eagle on the front surrounded by a circle of 50 white stars. The eagle is holding a green olive branch in its right talon and a gray set of arrows in its left. There's a shield over the midsection of the eagle that's made of 13 interchanging red and white vertical stripes. And then on top of that, there's this light blue color fill to represent the rank of chief. There's so much great imagery and detail in the flag room, so we posted a bunch of photos and videos to the John Cast Twitter feed also, check out KYW News Radio on Facebook and Instagram. You'll see some of the stuff
2: there yourself. This design for the president, the dark blue flag, was last authorized in 1945 by the Truman administration. The number 13 is figured prominently throughout the entire design. And even the motto, E pluribus unum, meaning out of many one, coincidentally has 13 letters we're adding to this uncanniness because we found an equilibrium with 13 employees for the presidential team. (laughs) A happy coincidence? It it might
0: say so, yes. (laughs) Up in the front of the flag room right next to the presidential flag in the line of flags is the vice presidential flag, the army flag, marine corps flag, the navy flag, the air force flag, even the space force flag, which the flag room designed itself in 2020 from start to finish. Now the back part of the flag room is divided into two parts. The first one acts like a warehouse space with floor-to-ceiling shelves that are 50 feet long and have 60-inch reams of rayon fabric, all with the American Herald colors.
2: This gives us the capability to produce just about any type of flag that we need. There's only a certain set of colors approved uh, with mill spec um, so it's pretty easy to warehouse in a small space based upon what the typical custom uh, embroidery shop would need to warehouse. (laughs) The machine room was also part of the back on the opposite side of the
0: wall from where the warehouse is.
2: So having this capability is what allows us to keep control over our product and do everything from start to finish right here in this room.
0: It's crazy to think that just a few days ago the president was in town, a stone's throw away from here (laughs) to survey the site at the I-95 collapse and making public appearances, and you look at the photographs from the event, and there's
2: the flag. Yes. It's like the president Mm -hmm. and vice president. They take a little piece of Oxford and Levick with them wherever they go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any place that the president appears, you will see one of our flags. So that's not just the Oval Office, but when they're traveling abroad, Air Force One, these flags from this team will be present.
0: That's a pretty powerful thing. That's got
2: to be (laughs) – listen, if it were me to get up every day, that's pretty inspiring. Oh, absolutely. It's it's an honor, you know, not only to take part in the mission of producing the presidential flags, but just sharing in the legacy of the Betsy Ross history and the textile artists of Philadelphia, and really this resilient group of artists that have been making flags and textiles, outfitting the military since the late 1700s. There's no plans on leaving the city, <laughs> to put it that way, yeah.
0: And just like it was back in the days of Betsy Ross, Flag making in Philadelphia in 2023 is a trade that's dominated almost exclusively by women. But here's the thing. Depending on which version of the story you believe, even Betsy Ross could say she had an audience with the president. The flag room? Not so much. According to the Defense Logistics Agency, no president or vice president has ever visited the flag room. That seems crazy. I mean, the flag room is the only place on the planet that can make the president's or vice president's flags. When we come back, we'll share some stories of the women in the flag room and hear what it would mean for them to meet the people they make their two highest-profile flags for. This is the John Cast. I'm Brian Seltzer. When you think about the history of flag-making, especially right here in Philadelphia, there's one particular demographic that's made the biggest contributions.
2: Traditionally this heritage art form of hand embroidery has mainly been accomplished by women.
0: Adam Wallstrom is the supervisor of the flag room at the Defense Logistics Agency in Northeast Philadelphia.
2: Especially here in Philadelphia that the heritage going back through the late 1700s has predominantly been women. So really having an eclectic group here of primarily women artists here in DLA making the flags is is an amazing just metaphor, but a direct relation to that history, direct thread, if you will.
0: Something else that's really important to point out about the dynamics in the flag room is that not only are 12 of the 13 employees female, three-quarters of them, or their families, emigrated to the United States from places like Vietnam, Cambodia, or the Philippines. Others have heritage ranging from South America to South Korea, or identify as BIPOC. Essentially, their backgrounds are as diverse as the country they serve. In the back row of the flag room in the area where the hand embroiderers work, a woman named Sante is locked in on her assignment.
1: So right now I'm working on a battalion flag that is actually, you can't see it right here, but it's actually the Virginia and the Maryland crest. And for this battalion, they work together And so this is an Air Force. I'm creating a horse with wings on the shield. So it's the 244th.
0: Sante's from the San Francisco Bay Area. Her ancestry in America dates back farther than the country itself, over 400 years. As she executes her stitches, she's not just using her eyes and hands, she's using her mind and her ears too.
1: When you're framing up the frame, it should sound like a drum if it sounds like a drum when you stitch the back and the front the stitch will lay flat on the back of the front because if you release the tension and this isn't this doesn't sound like a drum then the thread will be loose and it won't lay flat I'm
0: trying to think of this maybe in terms of the college system and grad school and doctorate and master's degree do you remember when it felt like you were confident in your skills, that you really felt like you mastered this and you were proficient to do this at this level?
1: So generally, if you do uh, schooling with embroidery, you can do an academic schooling and fine craft or decorative craft since this particular art form was the first art form that women were allowed to do in the 1890s. So this did start our arts and crafts system in the American school system, but generally it takes you 10 years to master about 300 stitches.
0: So it's important then for, in a room like this, for it to be a diverse makeup to get inspirations and influences from different places?
1: Yeah, you have more of ability to problem solve because it takes a team of us to be able to solve different problems. For example, I'm doing this 244 aviation flag, but, We don't have any of these flags on the floor right now, so if I am not sure how to do the wings, I have to figure out at a professional level how that needs to be done.
0: Sante never set out to be a flag maker for the government. It's not like that's something she wrote in her high school yearbook. But she's now been part of the flag room for eight years. She first heard about the job when she was living in France, and it interested her because it was a government-sponsored job. Another reason the gig appealed to Sante was because it let her continue a family tradition in an unexpected way. Both sides of Sante's family are military. She's always been an artist. But she views flag-making as a way for her to give back to her family members who served. In some ways, is this a full-circle story for you, for your family, that your career has guided you to this place and now you're doing what you're doing?
1: Honestly, I think it's more competitive to prove to my family that Artists also have a place in the American identity.
0: So there was some pushback earlier in your life, maybe, that you went down this, this career path?
1: My whole family are all aerospace and programmers, so I'm a, I'm in the slow art movement.
0: When you got this job and your family found out what it is that you're doing, do you remember what their reaction was? Speechless. Proud, though? Oh,
1: of course, everyone's everyone's proud, but, you know, I think military families have a lot of competition to achieve a certain sort of greatness. So the fact that I was able to do that in my own way, but still keep the values that they, they enforced or, you know, hoped that I would continue in my, my life, I think that it's a great honor. So, of course, they're proud, but I still want to do more.
0: Three rows up from Sante, in the front of the flag room, is the hand embroidery team's seasoned veteran, Lynn. She's worked for the DLA for almost a decade and is the one who just about everyone goes to if they run into a problem, need some advice, have to troubleshoot a stitch, or a tricky design issue. How long have you been working here for?
1: It's almost 10 years. It's September going up. I mean, 10 years.
0: 10 years. Yes. 10 years. That's a long time. That's a lot of flags, right?
1: Yes. It's a lot. Yeah.
0: Lynn's originally from Vietnam. Her father was a tailor. The textile industry is in her blood. She found out about the flag room through her husband who also works at the DLA. During our visit, she was working on a four foot four- inch by five and a half foot presidential flag. They usually take her five to six months to finish.
1: Very patient and very detailed, a little bit talent. Look easy, but it's not really easy.
0: Lynn's talking about the patience and detail that goes into doing what she does. She thinks it's neat that her job allows her to be a part of history, making flags for the president and vice president and different branches of the military and government. Lynn comes off as shy and modest and not the type of person who would seek out attention whatsoever. But at home, her kids think she's a pretty big deal. Mom works for the leader of the free world. Yeah, they're very
1: proud. They go tell their friends, say, oh, my mom, you were president. Wow, really, mommy? I will tell my friend and you'll be there. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Heading from the hand embroidery area of the flag room to the back where the machine room is, Sam Soifer is standing over a wooden light table. She's the flag room's primary tracer and has a white color pencil in her hand at the ready.
3: We actually go through quite a few pencils because it's so soft. And um, it can be a little challenging because there is a weave to the fabric. Sometimes the pencil will catch in a groove and then you'll go, whoop. Uh, so you have to be careful, which is why I use such short lines.
0: Tracing is a key part of the flag making process. Works the
3: other way. Okay. So we take the authorized drawing and that goes on the glass of the light table and then we lay this dark fabric on top.
0: Big responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> there's got to be some a cool pressure, but there's got to be some pressure that comes with it to get it right.
3: It's absolutely true that there is some pressure. When I first started, I was afraid to even touch the fabric. Now it's kind of a little bit old hat for me, so I know that I need to be more assertive with the way that I handle my tools.
0: You said you never would have thought that this is what you'd be doing for your career. No. What did you think you were gonna be doing?
3: I have no idea. I mean, I went to school for illustration and then there was an economic like you know, downturn, so <laughs> working in a restaurant for the rest of my life. <laughs> To be perfectly honest. (laughs) So I'm super pumped to be here.
0: (laughs) On one of the walls by Sam's tracing area, something jumps out. It's a tracing for the coat of arms that goes on the presidential flag, but on the shield on top of the eagle in the middle where the alternating red and white vertical stripes are ultimately going to be, each stripe is filled with a different signature. Adam Wallstrom, the flag room supervisor, is standing a few steps away, so I ask him about it. And what's this on the inside of the shield
2: here? So these are actually signatures of visitors of the flag room. This is one of our oldest traditions in the flag room. We'll give a tour, and then at the end we'll offer the unique ability to sign a presidential flag. Uh, Now this is something that will be sewn over, um, so this will never be visible, but it's something that... We now know every flag in the Oval Office does have some signatures of visitors to the flag room.
0: Talk about an awesome, thoughtful touch. But the biggest irony of all, of course, is that ever since the DLA flag room has been around and making flags for the president, the president himself has never had a chance to sign one of the stripes of his own flag. And that's because a president has never visited the flag room. Now, the flag room has hosted and welcomed... High-profile guests over the years, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, four-star generals, members of the White House. But as Sante, one of the artists we heard from earlier, pointed out, never the president or the vice president.
1: We're still waiting for our president and vice president to come into the room. So I would really hope and encourage them to do so.
0: What would that mean to you?
1: It would mean a lot to the team, and we don't understand why they haven't been here yet.
0: I'm sure there's a lot of areas of government where you could apply the same thought, but it's like, here's a group of uh, kind of people behind the scenes, unknowns, but are involved in in making something that's so important and symbolic to the country.
1: If a if a president or a vice president is going to speak to an audience, we have to have the flag ready for them, so everybody knows the protocol. So I think it's it's they should come here.
0: I also brought this up with Adam Wallström. What would it mean for this team to have the opportunity to meet the president of the United States, the person who they're pouring so much of their craft, skill, and talent towards making something for?
2: This would be the ultimate gesture and recognition of this team. I couldn't imagine anything that would mean really more to this team. This is an open invitation that we've always had. We just have yet to be taken up on it.
0: Keep in mind the flag room has been around for Many administrations, so let's not go making this a red or blue thing. We did reach out to the White House to see if the current president or vice president was aware of what goes on in the flag room. We didn't get a response by the time we had to publish. Maybe someday a president or vice president will stop by and visit the flag room when they're passing through Philadelphia. Either way, it seems like for Adam and the flag room, they're going to keep doing their thing with a lot of pride, patience, and purpose because in the end that's what it's all about for the workers of the flag room yes recognition can be nice and gratifying it makes you feel good but in the flag room it really is all about the work that's the mission
2: there's a real unique unity that you have in this team it is the shared mission it's you know we have the same why why are we doing what we do and it's not entirely just that we're the only team that is working on this project but just that we understand the language so having a team of 13 people who are happy to just nerd out about these details and and, and really get into the specifics things i have to catch myself when i'm doing tours and start talking about the technicalities of embroidery and they're just looking at me like what are you talking about man there's a unity that comes out of that and we're just this unique team that's still preserving these traditional heritage art forms it really brings us together, and we move in a uniform way.
0: (laughs) Coming up on our third and final installment of our Philly Flags mini-series, we get into the spiciest of Philly flag topics, the city's flag itself.
1: I feel like it's very forgettable. It's not a flag I look at and I think Philadelphia.
3: If it goes to a redesign, No, I would hope that the original Philadelphia flag would always
0: fly.
2: The more I think about it, the more I feel my design, if I looked up and saw that flag uh, waving at City Hall, I think I would be proud.
0: The John Cast is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcasts and is made in Philadelphia by Tom Rickert, Sabrina Boyd-Serka, Myron Kaplan, Holly Stevens, Bibiana Correa, and me, Brian Seltzer. Special thanks to Kate Bronstein, the Defense Logistics Agency, and especially to Makia Muhammad. Be sure to hit up the JohnCast and KYW News Radio on Twitter and social media. We're rolling out some great videos and photos from our visit to the flag room, so you can see what it's like for yourself. You can listen to the JohnCast free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you next time.